Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my partner, friend, founder of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, how much time have we spent over the last decade or decades, let's just say the decade we've spent together, how much time have we spent trying to enforce behavioral change amongst people and probably even better question, like how often has it worked? Well, I think if, if I, if I look at, at my personal batting average and, 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 and I'll loop you into this in a second, over nearly 30 years, I think I've probably hired, employed over a thousand people yep. in that time. Despite my best efforts, I'm a hundred percent sure I've made substantive change in zero of them. <laughs> and yeah. since you're part of that journey, I think that applies as well. And and here's the crazy thing, not from lack of effort. Yeah. I mean, if, if you really think, oh my God, how many heart to hearts have we had? How many, you know, this one conversation will finally address it. Right. You know, how many of those have we had, Ryan? And how often has that ever actually worked? It never, and, 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 and we tried hard. Like we had, we even had like, beautifully set up methods for this. Do you remember the walks around the lake? Oh yeah. We, oh, yeah. For, for those of you who don't know, we had this office that was, that was set back in a valley, basically a tree house for people who wanted to work in a startup. It was beautiful, but had this path that meandered through this pastoral gardens Perfect. and led around a beautiful lake. I mean, you want to talk about a place to have a heart to heart and actually have it stick. Um, short of occasionally running into a snake um, at Lakeside, which... <laughs> changed the mood on occasion. Um, it was perfect. Like it was like golden pond. We would go there and like, we were just missing Henry Fonda. Um, and we could have these amazing conversations, um, and really feel connected to the people. And yet, right. Like, and yet, it just, yeah, it just, it, it never, never seemed to quite get to where we hoped it would go. Right. Um, when we were talking about people's behaviors. Yeah. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. We were so sure of it, right? Yeah. And I think as as founders, um, we all believe that we have like this this mentor's touch. Yeah. That's finally going to inspire this person to to be all these things, right? Either to make them more ambitious, or make them less toxic, or make make them you know harder yeah. working. Whatever we think it is, we think our radiant leadership is just going to fundamentally change their behavior. Yeah. And what we're talking about here, what we'll talk about today, and we'll unpack is behavior. Yeah. We're not talking about skills. Nope. We're not talking about um, you know, whether or not they're capable of something. You can unlock a lot of capabilities. Yes. Great coaches do that. Yep. We're saying, if we hired a person who prior to working for us was a jerk, right? And prior, in, in that job prior was a jerk. They were a jerk in, in middle school, you know, whatever. <laughs> when they arrived at our organization yep. and, and we found out through some series of events, that they're kind of a jerk, right? They were just not, you know, they're not kind to of people, what have you. Yeah. 
And, and we said, you know what? Let's just address it. You know, let's sit down with them and let's explain to them uh, what's happening and how right. it's affecting other people. Hold up the mirror. And, uh, Can you see oh, that you're totally, behaving totally. like a jerk? Okay, cool. <laughs> Is that going to change things? Unfortunately, no. No, and, and, and I th- and I think that's the, the core of what we're going to talk about today, which is why is that? You know, why is it that we try so hard as managers to try to take the jerk out? And that's not always the jerk. Again, that's right. just one behavior. Yep. Why do we believe so strongly that either the organization can wrap around and kind of create guardrails for that behavior yeah. or that we can coach it out of them, mentor it out right. of them, or this is the best part that they're being a jerk is just a reflection of our bad leadership. We're better leaders. Yeah. If we were that, that, that one fantasy leader that we believe somebody else must be, we'd have this Yoda moment right. where we turn them into a Jedi, right? <laughs> well, I think I can answer the why really, really simply, right? The, the, How's that? The, be, because, because we always believe that we can change things. Like as founders, sure, it's fair. sort of our core philosophy that we can change anything, right? That's literally right, what we right. set out to do. We set out to change the world through a product, through a service, through through our organization, and it doesn't exist at all yet. So we're constantly, constantly creating change. And it's, right. it's the thing that drives us. We thrive on right. change. If things stop changing, we're not making progress. We're not growing, we're not doing. And so this is just an extension of that behavior it just happens to be that we've now directed that behavior towards the least malleable material on the planet, which is human behavior, right? So it's our own behavior that leads us to believe that we can change that of others. And there's a little bit of a fallacy there. Well, let's let's build in. Let's talk about the certain things that by definition, we kind of can't change. And yet we kill ourselves (laughs) and and the rest of the organization in the process, pretending like we can And so let's use two different paths. Let's use a path number one is ambition, Yep. right? We want people to just instinctively be more ambitious, right? That's a positive path. Uh, Path two is toxicity. Yeah. We want people to be less toxic, less of a jerk, whatever, you know? So one is positive, one is negative. And I think what we'll talk about today is we actually can't have a lot of influence on either, right? And what we mean by influence is if people do shitty things, Yes, we can create some guardrails around that behavior. That's not the point. The point is, why did they do shitty things? (laughs) Who were they fundamentally when they came out of the womb that that was this shitty person? And and why is it that for some reason we have this God complex that we believe that 20 years prior, 30 years prior to getting here, their entire DNA coupled with their entire childhood and upbringing and professional career can single-handedly be diverted right. by our godlike hand, yeah. <laughs> like this one conversation that's going to change all that. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back to a couple of things, and I'm sure there are more, but the two main ones for me are, we need this person, right? We hired them for a reason, right. and, and, and there, was a, there was a promise of a skill set or some outcome that they could create for us that we needed within the organization, sure. and we don't want to let that go. Right. And that, that's fairly obvious, right. I think, right? right? Like it's like we we hired this human. We need to get these things done. Without them, it means going back to the drawing board, hiring somebody else, going through all of that pain, onboarding, training, and hoping that we don't end up with just another version of the same jerk in this case. And that's tough, 
right? It's, it's tough. And we right. want it to work. We want it to work for all the right reasons. Right. The God complex part and the, the unwavering belief that we can do this comes down to that founder ego, man. I mean, like it's, it's kind of that simple, right? <laughs> like, or lack of experience. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for very early founders, like if you just haven't tried to change people, um, you won't yet know that in most cases it's just not possible. So yeah, I'd say that's, that's a third is just inexperience. If we break it down, we say, look again, here are the things I can have influence on meaningfully. Mm-hmm. And here's the things I can't, I'll, I'll throw some caveats in here. The things I can are skills. The things I can't are personality, yeah. right? With, with a few caveats, I have seen people come into the workforce often early in their career. And they just don't quite understand like what they're allowed to do or say or how <laughs> yeah. you know how to act yeah. in the workforce because they just right. got here. They just got it's to the that party. Friend that, it's that friend you invite to play softball who's never played softball before and they, they run the bases the wrong way, right? They just, they didn't know. They just don't know. <laughs> it's not their fault. At some point, everybody's right. got to learn. However, in my experience, and I'm guessing yours as well, the folks that were kind of jerks in high school, jerks in college, kind of show up into the workplace as jerks yep. as well right? At the same token, the people that were super ambitious up, up until they got to our organization are probably going to continue to be ambitious. In the converse, the people who were not ambitious, right? That were kind of just motoring through things, but weren't really ever like taking a, a step beyond kind of stay the same way. Yeah. Now, some of that, again, some of that can be shepherded, taught a little bit, right? You and I were talking before the show and we were saying how uh, we've had people that, that come to you and say, well, I don't know how to get this done, right? And, and, and what do you say in return? <laughs> like, man, depends on the context, but like quite frequently, it's like, go Google it, right? Go to YouTube, Imagine go that. to the academy that's built into the piece of software that you're asking me questions about. Right, right. Because the reality is, the reason that I know the answer to the question that you're asking me is that I went and did that research and then I solved the problem for myself. I need you to be able to do the same thing. Right. Um, and, and I think that too is just kind of, that, that can be kind of a junior, junior employee mistake where if you're used to always having someone you go to, ergo, I've just come out of university, and when I didn't know, I always asked the professor, because there's no penalty to that, right? There's a penalty to constantly right, asking right. your boss how to do your job. Right, right. <laughs> right? Like, and, and also you're being paid to do that. Yes, right? So right. you're being paid to learn. I have no problem with you going and learning this thing. I do have a problem with you trying to shortcut that using me as the shortcut in some cases. Now, <laughs> there are times where if it's some specific piece of knowledge or something that I've honed over 20 or 30 years of a career, absolutely. And I, here's the thing. You don't usually have to ask me for those things. I know that those are sharp pieces of knowledge that will be useful to you and I will impart them upon you, right? But when it's like, hey, how does this feature work in this software? I don't know. Look at the fucking manual, right? (laughs) That's why they wrote it. I'm sorry. I don't have a better, softer, gentler answer for that. Like, that's about as much of a jerk as I'll be, but like, I'm sorry. That's the answer, right? Yeah, so like when when people though are, are right out of school, Right. And, um, and they haven't had any reps on any of this stuff. I get it. Yeah. Right. And so by all well, we means, that's a, a, lot that's of a coaching. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's That's a coaching moment. Totally makes sense. But we're really not talking about like just uh, skills level behaviors. I think right. where founders, managers get really hung up is they can't distinguish behavior from skills. Yeah. Right? They're like, hey, this person, yeah. I'm having a lot of challenges with this person. And they can't step back and say, well, this is what I can teach, but this is actually what I can't teach. Right. And I mean, we have we have gone through this exercise countless times. I yeah. can't even begin to to count the number of times we've said we really wish this person would work out. So let's have, like I said, this one heart to heart conversation. And every single time, we always landed in the same place. Yeah, which was, you know what? It actually doesn't matter what conversation we have. Now, here's what I would say: we always give folks the benefit of the doubt. Sure. And we always have at least two strikes. I mean, we've probably had a hundred strikes if if we're being honest, but uh, way too many strikes. Um, And and more often than not, by the time we get to the second, third strike, we've already lost, right? We've already struck out, so to speak, you know, uh, in this metaphor. Um, And what we keep overlooking, and I'm pointing to ourselves, but this, you know, represents other founders as well, is that we keep thinking that, we are the solution to the problem. Correct. Right? That if we, like I said, if we just kind of dig in far enough or, or, or create some guardrails around the situation, that that'll solve the problem. Where I think founders keep getting blown up is they keep putting it back on themselves. They keep putting it back on the organization and they never actually address the problem. Right. Right. And I, and I think as that starts to scale across more and more people, whose problems aren't being addressed, whether it's on the one end of ambition to the other end of toxicity, that's where things really start to get out of hand. Yeah. And and I think it's a huge challenge. It is. It is. It's a big challenge. I mean, the scale piece of it really, really, so this is why it's important to get this right early on so that you get indications when these things are starting to happen, right? Because the, the better the culture is, the less of these types of conversations you're having, the more obvious they are, they, like they stick out. Right when when they when they right, do occur, right. um, as the organization gets bigger, um, you can rely less on your own observations as the founder, and then you start to rely on the rest of your team. Depending on what your structure looks like, this could be like middle management. This could be down to like supervisors or team leaders, right? Who are the ones who will actually be having these conversations, and some little or none of that may end up bubbling up to you. Um, and again, like in the case of, of a lack of ambition, there's an opportunity cost because you want that person to run harder and do more things in the case of toxicity. It's a much more dangerous problem because that can quickly spread. Um, and again, without your visibility, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge issue. Um, and, and to touch on that a little further, I think that the toxicity one tends to be a little easier. I think we can, after this, we can transition into talking about like kind of what we would actually do in these situations. In the toxicity case, it's a bit easier. In the, in the, the ambition case, it's tough, right? Because we, we see right. potential in this person. Um, it may not actually be there, right? As founders, the other, the other thing that we tend to have is a lot of optimism and we, almost all have a ton of internal ambition and drive and therefore we're optimistic that we can somehow create that in other people through our leadership, through our, you know, through our, through our efforts, through, you know, just being inspirational and motivational. And there is some truth to that, right? Because 
it's, right. it isn't just a matter of the intrinsic value or lack of values that these people bring into the organization. The environment also has to be right, right? So if you bring people into an environment where ambition isn't rewarded or recognized or even allowed, right? And, and you and I have both seen organizations like this and talked to founders where we realize they've created a situation where it's like, you're disincentivized from being ambitious, right? Not only does that stop an ambitious person, you can turn them toxic, right? So the environment we create does matter. So I want to be careful here that we're not simply saying that this is only the fault of the people who come through the door with the inherent behaviors that they had. That is true. Somebody walks in a jerk, they're probably going right. to stay a jerk. But we have to make sure that we have that environment, particularly if you're a startup and you're employing a lot of people where it may be their first job, you know, to the point we made earlier, they just don't know yet. And so having an environment that shows them the behaviors and the actions that they should be mimicking in order to take part in a healthy culture, assuming you've created one, is incumbent on the founder. And this is something we can do not to enforce change or create change, but to at least open the door to allow people to manifest the right behaviors and hopefully to right. minimize the damage of the bad ones. And with that said, let's right. talk but, about... We, okay, go ahead. You know, I, I think we've both witnessed this as well. Um, while a an ambitious person isn't going to be not ambitious just because of the, the environment. You know, it, it, to your point, if it's something where it doesn't reward their ambition, yeah, they were already ambitious, right? The behavior yeah, it won't existed. change their ambition. They'll they'll likely go to somewhere where they can be rewarded for that's ambition, exactly it. Right? They leave right. So that's right. the opportunity cost on both sides. So there's an opportunity cost for ambition on both sides. Sure, you got somebody who you need to be ambitious and they're not. You're losing out if you've got somebody who's ambitious. And, and you're not giving them the opportunity to act on that ambition, you're also going to lose out, but in a different way, because they're going to leave altogether. They're going to go somewhere right. where they're given that lane to run as hard and fast as they want in, right? So yeah, but, but, but different for risks. what we're talking about, um, we're not saying, hey, what do we do with ambitious people, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole <laughs> other problem. Uh, what we're saying is if they're not ambitious or if they are yes. toxic, basically if, if there's a, an inherent behavior that we right. have to try to, you know, change, how changeable is that behavior? And I think mm -hmm. part of where we see this is we see somebody being really toxic in the organization. And Ryan, you and I have gone through this again. We've done another episode about toxic employees. Yeah. Um, and in, in, our, in our first, like, response was, okay, Let's sit down with them and let's like quell their issues, et cetera. Great. What we missed time and time and time again is they're shitty, right? Now, I'm not saying our organization was perfect. It's never been perfect, yeah. right? It still isn't perfect. However, you can have a, an imperfect organization that amplifies shitty behavior. For sure, for sure. Right, and so I, I think part of what, where we missed it is we said, oh, okay, this person's being shitty because... We have, you know, problems in the organization. Yeah. What we didn't realize, and it, it, it didn't come until later until we actually uh, removed them from the organization, was that, yes, we have problems, and these people make them way worse, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have an open wound, and these people all just want to pour salt on it because that's yeah. the kind of people they are. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, 
Um, what we, again, what we kept thinking is if we just fix the marriage, then, you know, the spouse will, you know, come with it. And it's like, no, the marriage is broken and partially because of the spouse. So, so what do we do about it? Right. If, if we've got somebody that we can't seem to kind of change the behavior, the only actual change that we can make, which is a hundred times harder is to get rid of them. Yeah. Right. And by the way, an unpopular response, also something not easy to do. You know what I mean? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's always a hard decision. I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we do go to that second, third, fourth, fifth, twelfth strike is that we don't want to have to make that decision, right? We, right. It, it hurts. It hurts us because, um, again, we may be losing an asset that we wanted, but we realize has other costs that we're not willing to absorb to the organization, right? Like they may right. be a great performer. And we've said this quite specifically to people, like your performance is great your actions within the company, your behaviors are not, and we don't tolerate that. We do not allow performance to outweigh your impact on the emotional well-being of the business, right? That's not okay, right? So you run into these situations where you have to make these hard decisions. So you're looking at that going, man, I don't want to lose the performance of this individual, but we've got to lose the other baggage and problems that came with them. And we tried 100%. and they're not willing to put down the suitcases. So you're going to have to take your baggage and go elsewhere. Comes right, back to right. ego again, right? We hired this person. Why didn't right. we, we see this? Why didn't I know? I want this to work for myself, right? Yep. And that's a hard thing to get over too, particularly early stage where you know, you're, you're scrutinizing every decision and so is everybody else in the organization because it's small enough that they still can, right? If you're hiring and firing the 500th employee, very few people who aren't like immediately attached to that person are going to pay any attention to that. Right. If you're hiring and then firing employee number four, you bet your ass the other two people are paying attention, right? <laughs> like, of course. why right, did this right, happen? Right. You just reduced our team size by 25%, right? That's a big deal. And so it's a tough decision, but let's get to the other side of that. In all of these cases, Will, what has the outcome been when we went from toxic person, we did all the things we felt like we needed to do to play it out, and then we removed them? What was the outcome? It solved the problem like 10x faster. Right. So, you know, uh, let's say we were at a point in the business, we've been around for 10 years. We're at a point in the business where, you know, something wasn't working well and people were getting yeah. up in arms about it. Typically, what would happen is whoever, whomever the toxic person was, which by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to keep coming back to this, was toxic in their last relationship, being the, the last place they went in. And now that we watched, was toxic in every other company they went to since us. Right. So, it, it, this is one of those things where you're like, huh. Um, yeah, we had problems, but holy cow, they're putting gas on the fire. And again, yeah. it's not entirely yeah. their fault. They're just taking what was already a tough situation and making it a hundred times worse. Yeah. Every single time that we had to part company with them over so much consternation to get there, yeah, we were like, huh, this problem just got a lot easier, a lot faster. The problem yeah. to your point is it's not easy to do that. I mean, it's not theoretically easy. it is. Theoretically, you can sit down yeah. with somebody on any given day in part company. The yep. reality of unwinding these things is, is much, much different, way more complex, way more emotional, et cetera. But what we're talking about is there is a point where you look at the problem 
And you have to ask yourself as a manager, as a founder, whatever your situation is, what would the problem look like if this person weren't making it worse? Yeah. Right? If right. everyone's upset with how things are going, direction of company, whatever it is, you know, that people are complaining yeah. about at happy hour. It's a startup. There are tough times, right? Oh and there will be times where everybody's times. complaining a little bit. And that's but okay. It's right? Like first. it's right. <laughs> it's it's and it it happens. And that's okay. Right. It's the it's the magnifier that becomes the problem. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often. You actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. So fundamentally, right, like what we've learned is there are certain behaviors you can't manage, and therefore all you can actually do, the only action item, is to replace those people. Yep. To take the toxic people out of the organization, or it gets less toxic. If you find that you're creating all of these guardrails around somebody, oh, we're going to put them under, you know, a report to a different person, or yep. they're going to take it on a different role. There's got to be a point where you zoom out and say, if this person were super cool, yeah. So fun to work with, pleasant, kind, you know, what have you. Would we be making the same move? Yeah. We, yeah. It, I mean, it, I, I th right. the, the intent there is that like, right, we can, we can protect them from themselves. We can protect right. the organization from them. We just haven't found quite the right spot for them. Like at some point you can keep moving them around the garden, but if it turns out they're just a weed, there isn't a place where you want that to grow and you just have right. to cut bait and just deal with it. Right. And yeah, it's hard. It sucks every time. And it's funny to me that it sucks every time because there've been some people in the organizations uh, in not necessarily this one in past organizations, there was one where like this person's treatment of other humans, and this is not our organization, by the way, this is, this is there's many organizations prior where, there was an instance where this person was actively shouting like probably every three days at some of his subordinates. I mean like wow. shouting, shouting. This is also in a foreign country. So some of these behaviors were a little more tolerated. I wasn't right. from that country. And I came from a place <laughs> where that is not tolerated and literally like thought of like going to the point of coming to blows with this person over their Yikes. treatment of these other people. Right. There's just some things you 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 absolutely can't tolerate, right? And and they're they're toxic to the point where they're they're dangerous, and it just has to be dealt with. And yet, and yet, even then, in the moment where I push the decision to end this person's relationship with the company, it still didn't feel good. It never does. This guy was right. quite literally yeah. the biggest jerk, maybe the biggest jerk I've ever encountered and definitely the biggest jerk I've ever had to work with. And even then, like it's a shitty decision because you're changing somebody's life for at least a period of time. Now he earned it. Yeah. He deserved that and yeah. then some, <laughs> but it still doesn't feel good. Agreed. And, and so it creates this friction. And so the behavior persists. Again, we talked about the, the other end of the spectrum, though, Ryan. We talked about the, the end of the spectrum around ambition, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want this team to really go for it. I want them to work yep. harder. Um, Ryan, 
in your career, did someone sit down with you and say, Ryan, you are totally shiftless. You suck. Now, here's why I'm going to tell you to work harder. <laughs> ambitious people don't need that pep talk, right? Nope. Unambitious people need the pep talk, yeah. right? Ambitious people are, are either giving the pep talk or are already doing what they're supposed to be doing to not warrant it, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's the part we keep missing. We're like, well, you know, if I just manage harder, if I show the team that they should work harder, I'm telling you, if their personality was such that that they need to be told to work harder, you've already right. lost. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. I I've shared this story before, but I I have the antithesis. Right, I was told that I was being too ambitious. No, that's um, my point. Right, and 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 not incorrectly. Right, because my ambition was was starting to be imposed upon people around me. Right. Sure. And, and, and that's not fair. It wasn't fair. I've told the story before. It was, it was when I was the, the coach of the, or the, the captain of the high school soccer team. And I was setting the level of expectation for what people should be doing, how hard they should be training, how late they should be staying after practice and running all of these things and saying, it's okay for me to push you and expect you to do that because I'm doing more than that. I'm even more ambitious. So I'm not even asking you to be as ambitious as I am. I'm just asking you to be more ambitious than you are now. I have no right to do that. Also, right. it didn't help. It was demotivational. People right, just totally. looked at me like I was a jerk because in that moment, right. I was. Luckily, I got that right. learning moment early on and, and, and you know, the coach pulled me aside and kind of gave me the anti-pep talk around like, look, you stay motivated, you do your thing, but like it has to end there. You're not going to right. change their behaviors for the better. What you're doing right now stands a high chance of changing it for the worse but what you're doing now is not going to have a positive impact on that organization. And so we right. have to be very careful there. I think, you know, Ryan, if we think about it, what we have to recognize is that we're managers. We're not yeah. people's parents, right? <laughs> the parenting was supposed to have been done already. You, right. you and I are both parents. Yep. We both have this raw clay that is our children that we have to work with. And part of its nature, just who they were kind of, you know, they yeah. came out of the womb and who they were meant to be. Yep. And part of its nurture, you know, yeah. where we dig in as parents and try to teach our values and hopefully, you know, uh, do something positive. Yeah. But yeah, some of it's clay. Some of it is very much steel, right? And that's just oh, yeah. those well, that's inherent personality and traits and kind things that they have that that's the nature aren't going to change, right? That's just them. You bet. And so, you know, what, what, where we get thrown off as, as managers is that we think that we're going to be able to pick up the torch. Yeah. This person just graduated college and you know they were fairly unambitious. Their, their parents gave them everything. Yeah. And I'm going to somehow take the time to unwind all of those behaviors and turn them into this, you know, uh, this, this prodigal person. Right. Kind of not going to happen. Yes, you can inspire, right? But generally speaking, if we're talking about where the best use of our time is, it's to find people we can accelerate. Yes. If we're spending all of our time trying to 180 people's personalities, yep. it's not only a huge waste of time, it's generally not going to work enough that it's going to get us to where we want to be anyway. Yeah. Right? I mean, like and, we'll make a 5% change, not right. what we need. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of like with, with real estate or a lot of things, you win on the buy, right? Right. This all starts right. at the point of hire. Um, and right. you know, I, we've, we've done a lot of this in the last couple of years. I've shifted almost completely to this model where I project before I hire. Um, and it solves right. for a lot of these problems, right? It, it turns out that like, 
even jerks can be super cool during an interview and, and, and a welcome dinner and all that. Um, and then the crazy comes out a few weeks later. Right. And yeah, so yep. also just from an ambition and skills standpoint, like the, the skills testing is, is obviously part of it, but really, really, you know, I'm looking at somebody's resume. I'm looking at where else they've worked. I have a fairly decent understanding of what they should be capable of when they come in the door. So that's not right. really what I'm testing for. I'm actually testing for personality. And I'm, I'm again, I'm looking at that. Where do they fit on that? Like, you know, uh, jerk to, 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 you know, perfect, perfect specimen. And where are they on the ambition scale? Right. When given right. a project, do they get it done on time? Do they exceed it? Right. Do they, do they try to right. push beyond? Do they ask me questions about ways to make it better? Right. I'm looking for that ambition. I'm looking for that sense that this person's going to start here and they're going to be someone who with my help, and my permission will be able to ascend within the organization. And that's right. what we look for, right? And that's, that's right. sort of the, the, the solution to this problem in a lot of cases is just make sure you actually know who you're bringing on the team to the extent possible before you bring them on the team. Not always possible, but in the Not cases where it is, boy, has it helped me and saved me a ton of heartache from bringing on that wrong person having to go through fighting my own ego around the decision of letting them go, spending a lot of time trying to fix a problem that deep down I know I can't fix, um, and just wasting a lot of my time, and to be fair, theirs, right? Right. Just doesn't work out well for anybody. So I think, you know, kind of when we're separating things, we could look at a situation with someone that, that, that we're dealing with in the organization. And I think a, a simple question you could ask is am I parenting or managing? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, if you really think about that, right? Yep. Um, parenting is, is when I'm dealing with just behaviors, right? Like right. I said, this person's kind of a jerk in the meeting or this person just, you know, clocks out every day at, at, at 5.59 um, and has no interest whatsoever in working harder. I'm not going to like change that, right? right? I could... I could force them to work harder, but the person I'm looking for, and I'm not suggesting everybody has to work crazy hours, but the person I'm looking for is just doing it by instinct, yep. right? They've done it their whole lives, yeah. right? When someone said, hey, something needs to get done, they weren't like, oh, I'm out of hours, sorry, yep. can't get done, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're just like, oh, yeah, yep. of course, I'm just gonna, it's just gonna work Sounds more. like a That's Monday problem to me, boss. Life. Yeah, thanks. Right. Like, I'm not going to have a parent moment that says, well, you really do need to work harder than everybody else in order to achieve the things in your, that you yeah. want in your life and all of your dreams. Like mom and dad should have done that a long time right. ago, right? right. If, if they missed on their part, I don't have time to kind of make up for that. I'm looking for the person that already figured that out yeah. or that's how they're built. Or they can absorb that by observation, right? They can see sure. that the behaviors of the people around them, founders included, but the other people on the team are excelling because of what they're doing or because of what they're not doing. Sure. And then take those actions, right? It's, it's, it's ambition, it's capability, it's personality, and, and it's some self-reliance and initiative, right, that you're looking for there. And right. the people that have that have it, right? The people that yeah, don't. exactly. It was already there. Right, it was there, right? Now, it may have been dormant in some cases. And again, because we've employed a lot of really young folks right out of university. Some of them, before they were out of university, started working for us, right? They came out as interns and then eventually yeah. took a full-time position. We are talking about people who don't understand any of this environment. And I don't want to beat a dead horse because right. we talked about this. Right. But that is absolutely part of it. And so, there will be a few moments 
that may feel like parenting. Right. And that's okay to the extent that that person is still in a situation that's where they're at a point in their life or their career where there's an expectation that maybe they just haven't learned that yet. Right. Sure. And again, giving people the benefit of the doubt, maybe they've just never come across that. But if I have to tell Brian a third time not to use permanent markers on the whiteboard, (laughs) now I'm just repeat parenting and now it's not okay. No, I agree. Right. Like at the point where you find yourself Um, repeatedly parenting somebody, now it's a problem. Agreed. And I think when we, when we, we zoom out on this problem, Ryan, and we say, what is it that's really breaking here? I think as founders, it's, we don't like the fact that there are certain things we actually can't control. Wait, what did you just say? Heretic. What did you just say? <laughs> and, and so, so that's, that's the core of this. It's actually a bit more of a founder problem. It it's is that we look at these situations and we say, oh, well, I'm a manager, so it's my job to fix this problem no matter what. Yeah. And when it becomes a personality issue, what, where we get stuck is we can't separate the two. We right. can't stop for a minute and say, look, this is actually something that I'm not going to solve. This person, right. like I said, was a jerk in their last organization. They're going to be a jerk in their next organization. Yep. And in realizing that we're painted into a corner, and for the right reasons in this case, all we can do, all we can do in these cases is part company, stop parenting, and put our energy elsewhere. There's really no other way to solve this. All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but, you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online, like, all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of, from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics, so you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.